With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So it's been a while, people, and I'm sure you're probably wondering, where the hell have I been? Um, It's a long story. There are a few twists and turns along the way that kind of brought me to why I haven't put together a podcast since September 29th of 2019. Here we are. I'm recording this on February 25th of 2020. So where the hell you been, man? It's been a while. Well, I can break it down for you as easy as possible. A um, couple of things have been going on. So first things first, uh, started a new position with a new company, and the ramp-up period requires a ton of traveling. And that's not really an excuse because today I'm recording my podcast on my AirPods, uh, which will lead into another reason why you haven't had a podcast from me in a while. I'm a bit of an audiophile meaning I need to think that I sound good when I'm doing these things. And I had a wonderful Blue Yeti mic that has been producing decent content for me uh, back half of the first season through and into the second season here. However, it developed a high-pitch whine. And if you've ever gone on Google and put in those search terms for your Blue Yeti mic, you would be astounded at the rabbit hole that you can get fucking lost in uh, to try to make this thing go away. I went to the extreme of replacing all the cords, uh, replacing the headphones, replacing the USB cord to the laptop, utilizing a USB hub. Long story short, I thought it was the mic, so I went out and bought a new Blue Yeti mic, and I'm still getting the wine. doesn't even matter what computer I put it on. I have multiple, multiple computers in the studio. If I plug it into any of them, I'm getting the high-pitched wine. So I'm not 100% sure what the fuck's going on, but I do know that moving forward, at least until I can solve this and or get myself a different mic, I'm going to be doing a vast majority of these on my AirPods. So hopefully the sound quality is good. I'll try to re-listen to this before I post it. But at the end of the day, that's been a big contributing factor as to why I've kind of fallen off the grid. The job's another one. It involves a ton of travel. And, you know, I'm trying to to do my best for the one that pays the bills and keeps the lights on here at the house and affords me the opportunity to do podcasts like this to ensure that I'm keeping the the focus on the money winner for now. Um, Also, my podcast is... It was originally developed to be one for which was a detraction from sports and politics and the junk that fills our heads on a daily basis, whether, you know, it doesn't matter where you land, whether you're a fan of the teams on the West Coast, the East Coast, the South, the North, it it doesn't matter. I just didn't want to do it. I do a sports podcast for CLNS Media on Celtics Post Game Live regularly, which you can find on iTunes. Go ahead and subscribe. It's a good one. Um... But I wanted this one to be different. However, if you take a look at the landscape of news since September 29th to today, it has been chock the fuck full of politics and sports, whether it be scandals in sports, whether it be impeachment with politics or, you know, moving now into the Democratic caucuses and primaries. It, it, it's been a bit much and I've been struggling um, struggling to let loose. So you have to understand, I provide this content, but at the end of the day, I'm a father, I'm a brother, I'm a son, I'm a husband. And I have a lot of family members that listen to my podcast, immediate family members, extended family members, um, even family, you know, people that were, you know, exes, like my ex-wife, and I'm pretty sure Kate's ex-husband listened to the podcast. So there's been this struggle internally with me to let loose. Like how, how do I cut free from the bonds that hold me? And to be honest with you people, I used a lot of this free time that I've had between September and now to really dig deep and look inside and understand and figure out what exactly 
do I want to do here moving forward? And truth of the matter is, I just want to fucking get what's out inside my head as often as I can. Um, and I don't really give a shit anymore who the fuck is listening. You know, at the end of the day, this is for me. It's not for you. It's for me. If you enjoy listening, good on you. Keep listening. I'm going to keep cranking out the content. Uh, but I've got to, I got to be true to who I am. And it's a comedy podcast for sure. Also has social commentary mixed in. And I may offend some people along the way. You have to understand, at the end of the day, it's all a bit, okay? You get some glimpses into me as a person, into how I think and what I'm, what I'm processing. But at the end of the day, it's comedy, okay? So I'm going to touch on some subjects today when we come back from the break that I'm going to explore deeply as we go through the hour and understand this. If you think that I actually believe everything I'm throwing out to you, you're, you're nuts. You know, there's always something. Um, I got some new things I want to talk about after the break, and we'll go from there. But for right now, sit back, listen, enjoy. I'll be right back. They had my back against the wall. I had to lean on myself. Almost made me put my dreams on the shelf. I'm tripping. I'm tripping. Laws of attraction, you just think I'm rapping I'm just putting out the energy so I can grab it Everything that's in my memory that I imagine Is finally here, 100 million in a year I still believe, still believe in I didn't do that right off the bat. Let me welcome you once again to the Brain Droppings Podcast. I am your host, Joe Show, taking you through another hour or so of the shit that rattles around inside my brain and makes me feel like I'm compelled to do a podcast. So as you know, as I started off on the top talking about my struggles for letting loose the infiltration of sports and politics into today's um ever-present media and just struggling, you know, with a new job and then the holidays came into play. I'm definitely more focused now, definitely feeling better. Now, if I can only get the the sound to match the quality that I'm looking for, like when I do that cut in um, of the music, that'd be great. But let's talk about some of the things that I'm going to be talking about today, because let's be honest, at the end of the day, that's what I want to talk about. So um, I'm going to set the episode up with a rundown of some of the topics. And topics are going to be a new segment called My Take. Um, just like a social commentary on my take on a different topic. You know, it's not your opinions. It's not the expressed opinions of Blog Talk, iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Google Music, uh, Radio.com, wherever you digest your your podcasts. And feel free to understand that my podcast is also Amazon Alexa enabled. So simply just say, Alexa, play the latest Brain Droppings podcast on TuneIn, and she will play you this episode uh, and any other new ones that I drop. So my take is definitely going to be a new segment. Um, my struggle of being genetically superior to most. It's a fact, folks. We'll delve into it. Um, it's not a theory that I just came up with on some random Tuesday in the middle of the week. I am somewhat genetically superior to most of you out there, and I'll explain that in depth. Uh, my, 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 my corona, the coronavirus, is is leading all the news, so we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about you know, Italy in lockdown, China in lockdown, the uh, uh, Iranian uh, prime minister of who the fuck knows is in quarantine. Let's let's delve a little bit deeper into the my corona virus that has taken over the world in what's expected to be a worldwide pandemic. Um, another one from the news this week. Again, I like prescient stuff. I like stuff that's topical and, and has happened recently. So we'll delve into that rocket man, flat earther theory guy out in California who built his rocket to prove his theory that the earth is flat and unfortunately didn't turn out so well for him. So we'll delve a little bit deeper into his story. Um, it'll also kind of lead me into my worldview on instructions and warning labels as a whole. Um, I think it's something that as a society, as a world society, we need to start 
paying attention to, uh, specifically how it ties into global warming. Um, you will not agree with my position on this. However, I'm doing it because I enjoy it. Uh, and then like the, the PSA has morphed into something different. If you've listened to my podcast, you know that I try to throw a PSA in there somewhere. Um, but I'm going to turn it into final thoughts. So final thought on the episode today um, will be a really cool question. Basically, my final thought is either an opinion statement-based rant um, or I ask an esoteric question that causes you to pause, think, and get a little bit deeper. So with the PSA, it was such a, you know, how you feeling, what's going on, take this, take one to grow on from the, the episode. But more importantly, I mean, at the end, I think a final thought is a great way to go. So those are the topics that we'll be covering today, um, and I'm excited about them. So without any further ado, I'd like to start off with uh, my take. It's a new segment. It's definitely one that I see has the potential to um, be an ongoing segment in my podcast because, again, it's my take. Um, today's topic of my take is cities that I can do without. Now, anybody that listens to the podcast or knows me in my private and personal life knows that my current position requires me on airplanes a lot, which means I touch a lot of cities across the United States. I can't really speak to world cities. Maybe in a future podcast, we'll do one on world cities that I could do without. Um, but today's my take is on cities that I've traveled to that I could do without. And I will tell you as a disclaimer right off the top, Middle America, if you're listening, you're safe. I don't travel to your states that often. There's a reason they're called the flyover states. Um, I don't spend a lot of time in the mid, you know, in the, the central part of the United States. Primarily, I'm on the coasts, west and east. I'm down south, and I'm up north, um, upper Midwest as well. So I've seen a lot of cities. I've flown into a lot of different airports, and again. Another my take segment down the road could probably be airports I could do without or airports I avoid like the fucking plague or the coronavirus, however you want to talk about things that you avoid. But to the topic at hand, cities that I'd like to avoid. Um, most recently, I had a trip last week where I was in L.A. for three days and I wasn't in like suburban L.A. I was in DTLA, downtown Los Angeles. Um, I could fucking do without downtown Los Angeles. It, it's, I've traveled to Chicago, Boston, New York, Miami, Jacksonville, uh, Dallas, Houston, Austin, Denver, uh, Minneapolis, St. Paul, Seattle, uh, San Francisco, San Diego, um, Las Vegas, Phoenix, Scottsdale, Tucson. I've been Salt Lake. I've been all around. Um, Los Angeles is at the bottom of my list. It is by far a city I could do without. But why, Joe? Well, I'll tell you exactly why. So I'm in Los Angeles for three days. I'm at a great hotel. Don't get me wrong. Hotel, got a smoking deal on it. One of the oldest boutique hotels in downtown LA. Um, I'll give them a free plug because I told them I'd do it. It's the Los Angeles Athletic Club. It's right on 7th and Olive. It's an amazing hotel, 12 stories high. The, they only rent out the 10th, 11th, and 12th floors as hotel rooms. All the other floors in the hotel are either themed for dining, services, or athletics. And so you say, what do you mean by that? Well, on the sixth floor of the hotel, when I got off the elevator, if I turn to my left, there's a 25-yard laned swimming pool, six stories in the air. To my right is a John Wooten award-winning basketball court. Uh, on the seventh floor, it is a gym to rival the best gyms that you've ever been into in your life. It is nothing like a hotel gym. Um, we're talking an entire floor of the hotel that is a gym. All the machines, free weights, and, and, and treads, stair climbers, and ellipticals, you could wrap your brain around. Um, third floor is all dining, fourth floor is services like a spa, barbershop, um, nail salon, the whole setup. It, it's done very, very nicely. Uh, so 
I, I had this wonderful room. It's got a rooftop with cornhole and, and, and patio furniture. And again, you're 12 stories in the air. So can't say enough good things about the Los Angeles Athletic Club on 7th and Olive in downtown LA. That being said, uh, one of the things before I go anywhere, um, I always jump on TripAdvisor. I look to see, you know, what foods are available, uh, what nightlife looks like, what, what's going on. And, you know, sadly, a lot of the times I travel, it's midweek or it's during the week. And, you know, I get it. Those aren't your nights for your glitz and glam when you're in a new city. However, that being said, Los Angeles, at least on TripAdvisor and a brief Google search that I did, kept telling me about the food, the food, the food. Well, apparently I was in a cuisine-starved area of downtown LA because there was nothing. There were the Halagais, um, there was a Subway, there was a couple of burger joints, and every burger joint, I'm telling you, I will give Los Angeles credit. It is going out of its way for the Impossible Burger. Every restaurant has an Impossible Burger on the menu. They all suck. Um, I'm a card-carrying member of the Red Meat Eating Club, um, so I'm not necessarily looking to to tamp down anything other than to say that I didn't find the food there very good at all. Um, from a walking city perspective, Los Angeles is pretty spread out, so that was a bit difficult. I did take a couple of walks. I probably walked about five, six miles uh, one of the days, went for a run for three the other. Um, one thing I noticed is that the socioeconomic barriers between neighborhoods in Los Angeles are as tall as the wall that Trump wants to build. You can go from a zip code like 90210 in Beverly Hills and Rodeo Drive to the worst neighborhood you've ever imagined where you're gripping onto your own soul for fear that's going to get jacked. Um, that was a bit of an eye-opener for me. The homeless population in downtown LA is alarming. And again, I've traveled to cities like Boston, Miami, Jacksonville, uh, Chicago, and Dallas, and never have I seen a homeless population more aggressive and more abundant than in downtown LA. Um, there is a mental health crisis among the homeless, specifically in downtown LA. I witnessed it firsthand. It was frightening. So, Los Angeles, for this podcast, you are a city that I can do without. Um, if I'd never have to go back to Los Angeles, uh, downtown Los Angeles, it'll be a day too soon. Um, I can tell you that I had a car while I was out there, which was nice, uh, because after like a day, I needed to get out of the city. You know, anybody that's, that knows me knows I live in the Northeast, I live in New Hampshire, and I live um, on a couple of nicely cleared acres. So I like the rural life uh, way more than I like city life. That doesn't mean I can't appreciate a good city, uh, but I am far more geared or set up for rural living. Uh, so what I did do was I did ask the front desk person, you know, where can I go to get away from the buildings? I need, I need a breather. And he told me, oh, dude, no problem. Get on this road, this road, follow it all the way to the end. That'll dump you off at the Santa Monica Pier. You don't want to do anything with that if you want to get away from people. Take a right, and follow that 25 minutes, you'll end up in Malibu, California. And let me tell you, that ride took me 40 minutes door to door from the hotel to the beaches in Malibu. Um, absolutely serene, gorgeous. Saw, um, I think they were sea lions or seals, one of the two. Um, just sunbathing out on the, the jetty rocks. It was so cool, so relaxed. Uh, got to drive through Pepperdine University. I have a son who's going to be starting to entertain colleges here in the next year or so, and he wants nothing to do with the Northeast. He wants to get as far away from home as possible, which I can totally identify with. Um, so I drove through Pepperdine, wanted to see what that was like. That was a pretty good trip. Um, and then I plugged in the hotel address into my GPS for my return. Mind you, it took me 40 minutes to get to Malibu. My return was going to take me two hours and 49 minutes. That's a hard pass. To know me is to know I don't care how nice of a rental car I have. This trip, I ended up having a uh, Dodge Charger that had six miles on it when I got it. So that was nice. Uh, but even at that, I don't want to sit in traffic in a Dodge Charger in L.A. So I ended up going for dinner uh, out in Malibu, hang out a little bit longer on the beach. And then by the time 
I was ready to return to LA. Traffic had died down. Ended up being about an hour and five minutes. But still, again, the traffic is real, people. When people talk about the traffic out in LA and how it's bumper to bumper and it doesn't move, not only is it that, but even when it's open-throated and it's not such horrible traffic, the people out there drive a lot less aggressively than I'm used to being from the Northeast. Um, it was It was definitely an interesting trip, but Los Angeles, I'm sorry, you are a city I could do without. Womp, womp, womp. But one of the epiphanies I had, and, you know, we'll, we'll now transition into why I'm genetically superior to most of you. Uh, one of the epiphanies I had while sitting on the sand in Malibu was thinking, I, I, I was doing some introspective thinking, and I was thinking about, you know, the people around me, the population around me, the world around me. And, you know, you think of ourselves, we're grains of sand in the in the cosmic grand scheme of things. And I started like rolling through my friend group and my family and people I know and people I don't know. And I see their stories on Instagram or Twitter or, or Facebook. And, and, you know, it's always, you know, people suffering from different, you know, disorders, different illnesses. And then I started thinking about me and truth be told people, I mean, with the occasional, and I'm talking twice a year, debilitative migraine and maybe the flu once every couple of years, knock on wood, I don't get sick. I don't. I think I'm genetically superior to you all. I don't have any autoimmune disorders. I don't have any uh, genetic disorders. I don't, I'm not a chronic illness type of person. I'm not even a sporadic illness type of person. So I struggle with empathy for those that have it only because I don't. So I don't have that, that built-in natural empathetic feeling towards people that are sick or in pain. I usually try to equate it you know, narcissistically to my own levels of pain. Um, I suffered a debilitating hand injury five years ago. And through that, I don't think I shed a tear. I didn't whine or bitch or complain. And then I see like, you know, somebody get a splinter and it's as if fucking the world has ended, you know, until they get that splinter out. I, I, I don't, I don't get it. Um, it just leads me to believe that I'm just that much better than you all. I, I hate to admit it. I mean, it's probably, well, I don't know if I believe it, then it's got to be true. Um, but I'll tell you this, I, one of the things that I can say with absolute certainty is I don't get sick. I mean, there's sickness in my family, there's sickness in my immediate family, there's sickness in my extended family, there's, there's sickness all around every one of us. I don't get sick. And I don't live the healthiest lifestyle on the planet either. I don't identify with the the people that go to these, you know, cult-like uh, CrossFit gyms. By the way, if you're a CrossFit person, sorry, I can't fucking stand you. Um, like, I don't want to see where my national rank is in truck tire flipping. Uh, it's not for me. It, it's not, I'm not... You know, I can be an alpha without having to tell everybody else around me that I'm an alpha. In fact, I think that the fact that you have to tell other people that you're an alpha is probably an indicator of your own insecurities. Um, you know, you either are or you're not. And how many truck tires you flip or how long you can yank on the rope or do a standing jump onto a fucking crate does not define you in my eyes. And I don't think it defines you in many other people's eyes. But you just keep believing that, sugar plum. You'll get there. Um Again, if you're a CrossFitter, I'm sure you found that extremely offensive. I don't fucking care. I don't care about that. I don't care about martial arts people. I, I just don't. Um, I play ball sports, so I play basketball. Mind you, I will throw back quick to the my take story about the Los Angeles Athletic Club. That court, I couldn't get myself off that court. Um, I might have played two and a half hours. Uh, ended up playing a three-on-three pickup game, and it was just some of the, the the best basketball I've played in a while. Felt good, felt strong, felt like I had great endurance. Uh, didn't feel destroyed the next day. It was great. Um, however, going back to, you know, these fanatical sports people and all that bullshit, 
it's just not my thing. You know, I'm not a, I'm not a CrossFitter. I'm not even a, a, a judgment free zoner over at the planet fitness. I mean, do I have a planet fitness black membership? Yes, I do. Do I utilize it? No, I don't. So I'm a moron. I pay $19.99 a month for a membership just in case I feel like going to the gym. Um, I'd much rather shoot hoops in my yard and go for a run than go to the gym and, you know, run on a treadmill weather permitting, obviously. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's just not my thing. But I think, you know, when you, when you look at the sum of all the parts and you factor in that I don't get sick, you factor in the fact that I have no, no major medical issues. I'm not a subscriber of the belief structure that I'm just fucking lucky. I think I'm just better than most. So, Hey, I am who I am. But when we talk about, um, sickness and people having sickness. I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about what's huge in the news right now, which is the my corona virus. Um, I rarely, rarely buy into conspiracy theories. If you've listened to my podcast, I did an entire podcast on conspiracy theories. I think I'm going to do another one on it just because A, I got great listenership and B, I didn't really... I didn't prep for it. It was like the third or fourth episode that I did on the podcast, and I was just throwing them up to throw them up at that point. And I didn't really understand the whole do your research and figure out what the topics are all about. I just touched on the ones that I, I had some some understanding on. That being said, um, the coronavirus is a very interesting detraction from the news, don't you think? Um, as much as I believe that this is an illness. I don't doubt that. Uh, as much as I believe that it has the potential to become a pandemic, I don't doubt that. Um, what I doubt is the hysteria around it. And case in point, if you take a look at the average flu virus on a global scale, and that's how we have to look at these things. When we start talking about pandemics, we have to look at everything on a global scale. When you look at the coronavirus on a global scale as compared to the flu in regards to death rates and overall fatalities from the illness globally, the flu is like killing it. No, no joke. Um, 10 to 1, 20 to 1, 30 to 1. That's how many more people the flu kills annually than the coronavirus. Now, I get it. They haven't developed a coronavirus vaccine yet. So you have a new illness show up. It's not as deadly as the flu. It possibly could be. It's as contagious as the flu because at its core, it's a flu virus. Now, all that being said, I'm pretty confident that within the next 12 to 18 months, they're going to develop a vaccine that's going to be mixed in with your annual flu shot. So you're going to get covered for H1N1, the common strains of the flu, SARS, and the coronavirus. Mind you, H1N1 and SARS are all variations of the coronavirus. Little known fact, but again, I don't know where exactly I got my PhD, but I'm pretty sure it wasn't in bullshit. Um, that all being said, the the coronavirus as a whole has has gripped the news as of late. You cannot go ten minutes listening to CNN, NBC, CNNBC, Fox, CBS, uh, without them talking about the coronavirus. Um, so, do I think there's some media hype attached to this? Well, of course I do, because I think that the general public in the United States, specifically where I catch a lot of my news, is that. People are tired of talking about impeachment. People are tired of talking about the Democratic primaries, which, mind you, are just getting underway. We're only three deep, and I think it's already turning people off. They're bored. One thing I can say about society as a whole as we've progressed through the course of the last 20 years is we've become an instant gratification type society where Things cycle through the news on a 24-hour cycle and sometimes even quicker than that. And if it's not enough to, to reign uh, viral or reign uh, supreme in the, the Twitter uh, trending, then it, it, it tends to fall to the wayside. I'll give you a case in point. Uh, when's the last time you heard anything about Johnny Manziel in regards to the NFL, the XFL, or the AFL? I'm waiting. 
There's nothing. Okay. Still doesn't play in the league, mind you. Doesn't have a contract with any team, including the Canadian Football League. Uh, Johnny Manziel is washed up. Um, that's my only sports indicator for the entire thing. But it kind of goes to the media hype. I think they're building this to be more sensational than necessary, if you ask me. Um, I do agree that China kind of dropped the ball a little bit and, um, you know, utilize their state-run media to minimize the impact on a global scale of what exactly was transpiring. And by the time they reacted, probably too late in the game to quarantine the virus to its origin point, which was China. Um, that being said, I think in the news this weekend, we saw that, that Italy is now imposing quarantines um, and the World Health Organization came out either last night or this morning and said that they believe that when it's all said and done, 70% of the population will have experienced the coronavirus um, in one way, shape, or form. Now, they didn't give a specific timeline for that, but I would say that on any given year, you could say that a vast percentage of the world population suffers from the flu as well. So, again, not sure if it's media hype or, or, or what. Um, I think at the end of the day, it's a little bit from column A and a little bit from column B. I believe that it's probably a uh, illness worth tracking, keeping an eye on, creating a vaccine for, as well as a bit of a media hype circus to distract or detract from other news that's transpiring uh, here and abroad. So that's my thought on the my corona virus. Uh, we've hit the 30-minute mark in today's podcast, and I'm very happy to uh, announce that I'm still unsponsored, which means I'm not monetizing my podcast. I get no money. Uh, I threw a plug out for the Los Angeles Athletic Club. I'm going to throw another plug out um, just because I enjoy doing it. Uh, today's plug is for a product that has yet to be released, but will be coming in April. It's from the Mars uh, family of products. It's M&Ms and a specific type of M&M. If you're an M&M follower, you understand that M&M literally will put anything within that candy shell, whether it be caramel, Krispies, peanut butter, birthday cake. Uh, they try different flavors all the time. One of the things, hazelnut, one of the things I enjoy about M&M is that they're constantly trying to innovate. Uh, so coming in April, I was at a, um, a national function in New Orleans a couple of weeks ago where the Mars folks came in and talked to us about it. M&M will be debuting fudge brownie M&Ms. Now, fortunately, because of the job I have, when a manufacturer like Mars wants to come in and talk to us, they come arms full of samples. So I've had them. Unless you're a diehard brown or yellow package M&M eater, um, if you are one of those people that, you know, were the first people to run out and try Lay's dill pickle or try Lay's chicken and waffle when that came out, you will be in line uh, for these M&M fudge brownie. They are amazing. Purple package uh, due out in April. It is probably a line extension for M&Ms that will have an impact similar to that of uh, hazelnut and peanut butter, peanut butter being by far the number three behind brown and yellow, milk, chocolate, and peanut. But that's my plug for the, the show. It's Mars M&Ms. Try them. Fudge Brownie two out in April. Um, so what else has been going on in the news of late? Stuff to talk about that's actually topical because I had a whole fucking podcast that I did um, mid-January. I did one in December. And I didn't post them because, again, I had that, that feeling that I was wrapped. I was con con constricted. Couldn't get out my thoughts the way I wanted to in a, in a cognizant way, feeling like I could say whatever the fuck I wanted to say. Um, so brings us to the news this weekend. Again, pre-warning here. I'm just having fun with this. Um, don't know if you were paying attention, but sadly on Saturday, there was a gentleman in California who, little backstory, is a confirmed flat earth theory type of individual, which right off the top makes you special in my eyes. Um, however, he wanted to prove his theory. So he built a homemade rocket. Let that sink in. He built a homemade rocket. It was a steam engine rocket. And his goal on Saturday was to catapult himself 5,000 feet in the air um, to get a better view. But this was mostly a test-proof plunge type of 
operation. So they did a test in an unmanned rocket originally. Then this was the manned 5,000 footer. And then the, 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 if this proved out, the next step would be to build a larger rocket that would catapult him into low atmosphere orbit uh, before ascending back to Earth. However, unfortunately, whenever you're making a homemade rocket, things can go south. And Saturday they went south for this gentleman in the desert down near Baja, uh, California, where the rocket upon launch rubbed the scaffolding that was um, on the launch pad, thus um, providing a catastrophic failure for the chute system for re-entry. So the rocket performed like a top. Um, it soared to 5,000 feet. However, on the way back down, without chutes to slow it, it reached terminal velocity, and the rocket man um, unfortunately met his demise upon crashing back into the desert on Saturday. So I guess you could you could kind of look at that as, you know, it's an interesting little bit of news. However, at the end of the day, um, it leads, I don't know, I mean, you could you could easily say that um, he didn't quite get to prove his theory yet score one for gravity. I mean, it's mean to say, but, you know, at the end of the day, come on. Um, but it's a perfect segue. See, I didn't want to spend a ton of time on that, but I wanted to, to find a good segue to get to my next topic, which is warning labels and instructions, in my belief. Um, I am a firm believer. In fact, I don't know, maybe I'll run for president in 2024 on this platform. My platform is on a global scale, uh, much like climate activists and social justice warriors. I don't think that we are bound by the, um, the confines of our geographic location. In fact, I believe that there should be a world-supported, worldwide endeavor and effort, um, and that is to remove all instructions and warning labels from basic products. Oh, tell me more, you say. Well, there is more. Um, we have a problem on this planet. We've exploded in population over 25 years from 3 billion to 7 billion. We are running out of natural resources. We are experiencing global warming uh, and climate change, and um, we need a solution. And I don't believe that when you look at the developed worlds and the, the emerging developed nations across the world, that we are in a position to impose restrictions on growth for sake of the planet, because I don't think it moves the needle enough. Now, there is a way to move the needle. And in, in that regard, the best way is to quote unquote, call the herd. Now, I'm not talking about a purge um, in regards to the movie, The Purge. I'm talking about a purge in regards to getting rid of stupid. Um, if we could remove the instructions off of shampoo. Because at this point in your existence, if you need instructions on how to shampoo your own head, I'm pretty sure we don't need you on the world stage with us any longer. Um, if you need instructions on how to use a toaster, if you need instructions and warning labels on how to use a washing machine or a dryer or a vacuum, I'm not talking about major pieces of capital purchased equipment. I'm talking about appliances and everyday use items that we have throughout our house that should no longer, no longer require instructions and or warning labels. Just think about the mass purge of stupid if we got rid of basic instructions. I mean, think about it. When you read, how fucking detailed is shampoo? Wet head, rinse, repeat if necessary. If you have to read that out, it's printed on almost every, every shampoo bottle, whether it's a high-end salon-based product or head and shoulders in the grocery aisle. There are instructions. I don't get it. I don't get it. Like, if you need a warning label on your toaster to tell you not to put it in the bathtub with you, I, I don't know who they write that for. And at the end of the day, if we were to, to get rid of all of those instructions and warning labels, 
I'm pretty sure we could bring the world population back closer down to three than up at seven. And by virtue of it, and this is what my platform is going to be, this is how I get people on board. By virtue of doing that, thus, the planet as a whole will take less of a burden on itself to maintain. Greenhouse gases will go down without people shitting themselves and, and putting methane out there. Um, the, the climate will slowly change because you won't have all these oxygen suckers just sucking the oxygen out of the air for their own stupidity in existence. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer in this. There's a couple other things that I would like to stand on for my platform in 2024. Another one would be genetic testing prior to copulation. So before you can get married, I think you should, you know, you already have to get a license, but I think there should be a test. And the test should be twofold. It should be a written as well as a medical. Uh, now on the written test, these are basic IQ questions. Somebody has to lay out a benchmark IQ. Anybody below that level, you're not allowed to get married and have kids. I know it's not a popular belief structure because everybody should be able to, to marry and do whatever they want. But at the end of the day, what we're doing is creating citizen soldier stupidness that we don't need. Um, and it can be easily fixed with a simple test. Now, the medical perspective of this is a genetic test. This helps weed out additional draws on the healthcare system. Unfortunately, yes, the government at that point will be telling you whether or not you can have children and probably, at least in my utopia, taking appropriate steps to ensure that you can't color outside the lines and go have kids on your own anyways. Um, but I think it's a great opportunity to relieve some of the stresses on the healthcare system without having to do Medicare for all, um, reduce the workforce of stupidity so that way you can bring in high, more highly talented and, and capable individuals into jobs of all sorts from executive level down to your average everyday hourly blue collar worker. Um, and the IQ test stops stupid from marrying stupid. Because, you know, it's one thing, if you get a really smart mom and a really dumb dad and they have a child, it's really a crapshoot, whichever is going to become the recessive gene. And, you know, in my setup, this would help set the entire planet up and fix things without having to truly delve into economy-destroying politics or economy-destroying actions. In, in essence, I'm revitalizing the economy. I'm revitalizing the earth. I'm revitalizing the way we, we view couples and pairs and reproduction. I, I think it's a winner. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what else to say on that, except that that's just my, you know, my thing on warning labels and, war and instructions. They need to go away, folks. They need to go away. When I buy a garden hose at Lowe's or Home Depot, I don't need instructions on how to screw it into the spigot of my house. And I specifically don't need a warning on it of a light socket and a circle with a line through it. Like if you're that moronic, if you buy a garden hose and try to screw it into a light socket, I'm pretty sure we should let you go. I, I, I just, it's just, you know, we all have our own personal beliefs. That one just happens to be mine. Um, and I think it could, it could do a lot for helping society as a whole. I really, really do. I believe in it deep in my soul. <laughs> if you believe that, I have a little bit of swamp I want to sell you down outside of Miami. Uh, so beyond all that, I kind of mentioned, this is, this is where I'll sort of spin the episode into its final uh, death throes as we approach the 45-minute mark. Um, and I want to make sure I get my good out music going into this episode as well. But um, the PSA that usually you can derive from each and every podcast that I do is going to morph uh, moving forward. Sometimes it'll be prevalent. There'll be a PSA, you know, whatever it is, we'll talk about it. Um, however, I like the idea of final thoughts, you know, because it gives me an opportunity to just give my final thought on something, whether it's a serious final thought or comedic final thought, at least it's a final thought. It's something that when you hear the final thought piece, you know we're, we're, ten, we're trending near the end of the episode, and it's something that you can kind of latch on to. So today's final thought um, really centers around, is podcasting really therapy for the podcaster, 
the listener or both? I mean, you can kind of shape it however you want, but to me, I go with both. You know, I provide the content, but that's my therapy. Talking into a microphone, getting the thoughts that are inside of my head, whether they be serious or, or not serious, that's my therapy. It's, it's an opportunity for me to have semi-adult conversations, even though they're only one way, it affords me the opportunity to, to have conversations and get it out. Uh, you listen, and there's a reason for that. So whether, whatever it is, in some way, I believe it's therapeutic to you as well. So whether you, know, you find therapy in listening to me talk, or maybe a topic that I, I talk about on some of the serious podcasts, or even the comic ones, provide you some sort of lift to your day or introspective view into your personality or the personality of the podcaster. I believe we all listen to podcasts for a reason. And one of the things that I'm unabashed about is that I am a regular podcast listener to podcasts nothing like mine. Uh, and I do that specifically. I don't like to listen to comedy podcasts because I don't want to. I don't want to gain any insight or gain any type of copycat mentality. I mean, I watch enough comedy that you know it's so hard when I do podcasts to not interject some of the comedy that I've listened to as of late because it's it's fucking hilarious. Um, but I choose not to, and I do it as a conscious thought because the idea is. You know, I want to be me. I want to. I want to do my own podcast. It's kind of like sports broadcasting when I do the the post games. I try not to to watch ESPN too often um, during Sports Center. Like I'll watch highlights and stuff, but I'm not really you know looking at Stephen A. and going, how exactly can I sound like Stephen A. Um, you know, I don't want to be a character. I don't want to. I don't want to be um, a cookie cutter of a of a Syracuse grad or a. Um, uh, whatever. And I don't really listen to sports radio anymore. Uh, we all have reasons for why we listen to the things we listen to. I used to listen to sports radio every single day, one station from my morning drive to my evening commute home. And I loved it. And I, I kind of just, when I think around the time I started my podcast, there was some you know drama going on at the station that I listened to and a host left and I kind of just became disenfranchised with sports radio as a whole because I kind of liked what that host was doing. He was he was melding sports and social commentary and comedy all into one show, and I really enjoyed it. And then to see him censured and then booted from the air for, you know, stupid stuff, just stuff I would say on my podcast and nobody, you know, I get 2,000 listeners to a podcast when I drop one. He was speaking to upwards of 500,000 people every day. Um, I get it. It's different. But at the end of the day, it's also similar. Um, so I stopped listening. Now, fortunately for me, I have a friend of mine who is still um, an online personality on that radio station. So when I do find myself traveling around uh, to other parts of the country, I use the radio.com app. I look up his show. I either play uh, the podcast version of his show and or I listen to uh, him live. And really the only person that I listen to, he's got you know great takes on stuff. Our, our, our sports brains, specifically when it comes to the NBA, are pretty much aligned in what we feel that uh, the local team, the Boston Celtics, need to progress. So you know, for me, that's a therapeutic thing. I get to listen to him, but our styles are different. And that's, that's super awesome because there's really nothing from me he wants to, to grab and emulate. Nothing from him I, I need to grab or emulate. We just, we, we spin around the same sun with different orbits. So it works great. But my final thought about, you know, podcasting in general, is it therapeutic for me? Is it therapeutic for you? Is it therapeutic for both of us? I think ultimately it's, it's therapeutic for both of us. Um, it gives us the opportunity to to do it and listen to it for different reasons, and I enjoy doing it. I, I've got to I've got to find a better way, and that's my my goal uh, moving through and into March is to find better ways to section off my time now that my travel schedule is relaxing a bit. Um, and knowing that, you know, should I want, I can get decent audio quality out of doing these out of my AirPods. I might be able to, you know, splice together a few different segments and put together uh, different episodes. 
I think I'm going to take a look back at season one and figure out um, what I could have done better with some of the episodes, maybe redo a few. Um, so those are just some things that are coming down the pipe for me. But understand that deep down inside, if I have an opportunity to do a podcast, I'm going to do it every single fucking time. I enjoy doing them. I love doing them. Um, I think that, you know, some of my better ones involve having a co-host or an interview style, which I'd like to try to get back to. I think I've gotten past my PTSD um, of having a national comic on my podcast and then not being able to figure out how to do the fucking audio thanks to my my host website, which will remain nameless, um, and just continue to put out the content. See what you think and, you know, feel free, as always, to write me at braindroppingspod, that's B-R-A-I-N-D-R-O-P-P-I-N-G-S-P-O-D at gmail, uh, braindroppingspod at gmail.com. Hit me up on Twitter, at Joe Choquette, that's at Joe, J-O-E, Choquette, C-H-O-Q-U-E-T-T-E. Uh, hit me up on Twitter with any show ideas or if you're interested in coming on, being a guest, um, as always, I mentioned it earlier in the podcast. I'd like to mention it at the end as well. This podcast is posted up on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Radio.com, Stitcher, Google Music, TuneIn. I'm sure there are others, Pandora. There's others I'm missing out on here. But the truth of the matter is anywhere that you would digest the podcast, you can find this podcast. And if you have an Amazon-enabled device, simply say, Alexa, play Brain Droppings podcast on TuneIn and it will play the most recent podcast from me, your host, Joe Show. So as we draw this to a close, I want to thank you once again uh, for listening and tuning into my podcast. My sign-off today is be kind, be well, and always be yourself. You're awesome. I appreciate you listening. Till the next time, I am Joe Show. This is the Brain Droppings Podcast. Cause you woke up in the morning with initiative to move So I make it harder Don't hold back If you think about it so many people do Be cool and look smarter Don't hold back And you shouldn't even care about those noses in the air And the crooked stairs Don't hold back Cause there's a party over here So you might as well be here with the people care Don't hold back Hello, it is Ryan And I was on a flight the other day Playing one of my favorite social spin slot games On ChumbaCasino.com I looked over the person sitting next to me And you know what they were doing? They're also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.